Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper Lip Podcast. Today's episode is about hypothalamic amenorrhea, also known as HA. And so just kind of going to go through a little bit about what HA is, why it happens, and then I suppose what we can kind of do to regain our periods and the importance of regaining our period. I would like to say that obviously this is very generic information, so obviously don't take it for bread and butter. Everyone is different and everyone will require a slightly different alterations um of what I'm talking about but um it's super important that you remember that you should have your bloods done to make sure that it's not something else um and that it's definitely hypothalamic amenorrhea not something like PCOS or um any other fertility or any other issues going on um just make sure that you're definitely sure that you've got HA before you um go on your I suppose, journey to regain your period, okay? Um, I'd also like to caveat that I am obviously not a general practitioner. I'm not a, B- a GP. Um, I am just a personal trainer. I'm a radiographer. I've worked in healthcare for a few years now. And I also lost my period last year. And now um, I have regained it and maintained it, which is absolutely fantastic. But um, I know that the journey there was very, very difficult. Um, and I'll not even talk a little or about, sorry, my own um, experience about HA, but this is specifically just kind of giving a bit more information about what actually has happened when you lose your period, okay? So um, if you have any questions, I suppose, um, after I've sent this out, don't be afraid to message me about them or ask me any further questions um, about them either. Again, I'm also going to be explaining everything in, I suppose, quite simple terms. Um, if you want to go and further research it, that's completely up to you. But anyway, getting stuck in. So what is HA? So HA is hypothalamic amenorrhea. It is your loss of your period for more than three months if it was regular previously. Um, and if it wasn't regular previously, then it's like a loss of your period for at least six months. Um, and then that can be classed as hypothalamic amenorrhea. It's basically secondary amenorrhea and amenorrhea, the word itself, just means loss of period. Um, you actually lose your period due to an issue in your hypothalamus inside of your brain. Your hypothalamus is an area of your brain that produces your hormones and it basically controls um I suppose your hormone production so that's things like your mood your stress your body temperature your heart your hunger everything pretty much is controlled in the hypothalamus when it comes to regards of your um hormones so what happens to our hormones during HA because we know that they they obviously get upset with us um basically the hypothalamus so that's the um part of your brain it stops producing a hormone called GnRH or gonadotropin releasing hormone in order to try and balance the body back pretty much and when this happens when GnRH stops it basically stops other hormones um, and these are your follicular sorry stabilizing hormones so your FSH and your luteinizing hormone which is LH and then in turn that affects our estrogen and our progesterone which are the ones that you'll probably hear most commonly when it comes to the menstrual cycle um, so basically what happens is our reproductive system is turned off as a result of HA because it's like a domino effect once gonadotropin releasing hormone is stopped then it further stops FSH then it stops luteinizing hormone then it stops estrogen and then it stops progesterone so basically our body is being really smart because it's thinking survival of the fittest and it turns our period off um, it uses all of our energy instead to basically try and stay alive if you think of like the famine um, it's like feast or famine um, your body's just trying to keep it like basically heart beating it's trying to just re-regulate itself but it can't so it just switches off things like your productive your reproductive sorry system and, and also your temperature regulation kind of gets offset as well so you might find that you're quite cold when you've got HA or you've got you you could potentially be quite hot because your body isn't the best at regulating its temperature because it doesn't see reproduction or having a regular temperature as two things that are going to keep you alive it's more um invested in basically literally trying to keep you alive by keeping your heart beating etc etc um and if you have got your bloods done quite commonly um fsh and lh are quite low in the ranges so um you may have had your bloods done and it can also say normal actually quite a few people will have normal blood results but again remember that it's a range so if you've never had your bloods done before that could potentially be quite low for you um, and I would like to say that you don't want to get it mixed up between having PCOS 
because when you get your bloods done for PCOS quite commonly you'll see that the luteinizing hormone is quite high whereas in HA normally they're lower but again everyone's different so sometimes blood ranges can you know be annoying because you go to your GP and quite often they dismiss you or they um, misdiagnose you and um, because I know that to diagnose PCOS as well this is just a side topic but um quite commonly you need like at least two of the three symptoms so like acne can be a symptom a loss of period is a symptom and um obviously an ultrasound can show that you've got like polycystic ovaries potentially um I actually had all of the tests done and they thought that I had PCOS I knew myself it wasn't PCOS because I knew I had caused myself to have HA but um they were adding up that I had had acne and that my loss of period meant that I had PCOS but I have had acne since I was a kid and I had regular periods before so I just knew myself um, and I was very in check with my body to know that that wasn't the case for me but again everybody is different so I would definitely recommend getting your bloods done and speaking to your general practitioner as well um, but know that it's quite common for people to go to the GP and you know not get the help that they always need and sometimes they do tell you some things like they tell you to reduce stress they tell you to eat but it's not always the easiest thing expect especially sorry if you um have I suppose came into HA by like being the type of person who potentially over exercises and under feels and it's quite hard to get out of that but anyway that's that's for another topic um so what causes HA so what are the three things that really cause or I suppose the three pillars, you could call them the three contributors um, of HA. Now, I would like to add a caveat as well. You don't have to be equal measures of all of these. You could be a little bit of all of these. You don't have to be severe of all of these. And um, this is very, very individual. HA is very individual. People think that only lean people and, la- and also athletes can have HA. And that's just not true. Um, literally any body types can have HA in fact in 2021 there was actually a study done and it showed that like I think it was like something ridiculous like 30 million of the reproductive women in the world had experienced HA um which is absolutely ludicrous like it's not talking about at all but um that just shows you that there's a wide variety of women um out there who can suffer from HA and you might even have seen on like Instagram or on YouTube if you've looked it up that there is quite a few people who mightn't even be as lean as you who have sorry suffered um HA as well so again very individual you don't have to be any of these at or you will obviously have some elements of these but you don't have to be very extreme versions I suppose of these so the first one is stress this can be stress in your life this can be stress in your work it can be stress in your social life it can be any type of stress um in the world it literally doesn't matter whatever stress you've got on and you mightn't think it's that stressful but if it is stressful then any type of stress basically contributes now not all stress is bad obviously we all have some elements of stress but if you're going through a really really tough time even if you've got some trauma going on if you've got stuff going on through work maybe your relationship stress is a massive contributor and you will probably have experienced that anyway previously sometimes your period can be a few days late and back when you had it regularly and it could be like exams and it could be an argument with your boyfriend it because could be because you're not getting on with your mum etc etc and it's because the um there's too much stress essentially on the body uh the next one is your diet so you need to make sure that for a healthy body you need to be eating enough okay obviously there is I suppose a different amount for every individual but it's very very important that you are eating enough food and if you aren't eating enough that is a contributor to having HA um if you're potentially under fueling for the activity that you're doing um or if you're just simply potentially we're in a calorie deficit and you've gone slightly too far potentially you are aware that you are under fueling but you find it quite hard to eat more because of like I suppose other things like you know diet culture impacting you potentially previously you were in a bigger body and now you're in a smaller one and you have a lot of attachment styles to that and in general if you're not eating enough it's a contributor to um, having HA also things like people who usually have HA are quite controlling so they may have um, you know 
food rules like rules around food like potentially you can't eat at certain times potentially um you know not eating until 12 o'clock skipping breakfast just drinking coffee um other things can be like they don't eat certain foods like um peanut butter like carbohydrates bread white bread pasta anything like that they don't eat any takeouts um quite often they mightn't have eating disorders you don't have to have an eating disorder to um have HA but quite commonly you do have like some type of disordered behaviors around food and that's not the same thing as an eating disorder um but it is very common to have all of those things and it's nothing to be shameful of because I think we've grown up in a culture a lot of us that like diet culture is very prevalent and these things are baited into us like you know eat your cocoa pops with like a small spoon and you know you should be calorie counting absolutely everything you need to exercise loads but too much of these things are not good for us and our bodies are trying to tell us something when we don't have a period essentially. Um, the next one is exercise. So we've had stress, we've had our diet when we don't feel ourselves enough. And the third one is then exercise. So taking a look at how often do you exercise? Is it very high intensity exercise? Do you have a healthy relationship with exercise? Um, and other things these also these three things can be totally linked you know if you're very stressful a lot of people use exercise as a coping mechanism and whilst obviously exercise is great it does increase our cortisol levels which are our um stress hormones um so too much exercise and too much of any good thing is actually not good for you so i would also bear that in mind as well in particular exercise that is high intensity so that's like hit style training um i suppose a lot of cardio anything that's severely high intensity exercise um can often be a causer on a contributor of ha as well again it doesn't need to be very severe in all of these cases for some people it can just be a small combination of all three um it can be accidental because i know that whenever i lost mine um and it like it was fully accidental now I look back and I'm like Christ how did I even do what I was doing but I thought I was being healthy and I was doing all the right things I was eating super clean I was you know exercising a lot but like it was just far too much for my body um and I basically was disrespecting my body and it was trying to tell me something essentially so those are the three contributors effectors pillars whatever you want to call them is too much stress not eating enough in your diet and um exercising essentially too much Okay, so I'm going to cover a few like, I suppose, myths of HA and then why we need our period, like why it is super important. So first of all, the few myths around HA is that it's normal to not have a period. It is not normal. It is our monthly report card. We definitely need to have a period. Like I cannot stress it enough. Um, it is essentially why we are on this earth like women are reproductive whether you want to have a baby or not like that is what our role essentially in humankind is to do and now whether you want to do it or not that's up to you but that's why we have periods and that's literally our anatomy so um having a period is essential for our health um another thing is people think that you have to be super lean like an athlete you definitely do not need to be that's not the case at all people think you need to have had an eating disorder like I said not the case you um sorry people also think that you need to be underweight again not the case you can be a healthy body weight um on paper or you can be even slightly overweight or carrying a bit more body fat and still experience HA um and then also people think that you can't have HA if you've had normal blood results and that's not the case either. So like I said, your um, FSH and your LH hormones are likely to be low, um, but they can be in the normal. And again, normal is a range and it's actually a humongous range, especially if you're getting your bloods done on the NHS. Um, so I would just bear that in mind as well. Okay, next one. Uh, why do we need a period? So first of all, quite obvious um fertility is the first one again I'd like to remind you like I am only what 24 now going on 25 I have not really got an intention to have a baby anytime soon um that's my own personal preference but I would like to have a baby in the future um and I know that it was something that I definitely had to consider whenever I was you know contemplating I suppose my recovery for HA um but 
I also wanted to, I want for my future self to, you know, be able to do that and be in the healthiest position possible because people think, I think that you can just click your fingers and you get pregnant and that's not always the case for everyone. So I would bear that in mind, even though you're young right now and it's maybe not a priority for you, you know, your future self will really, really thank you for it. And again, if you literally don't have a period, it means you're not ovulating. If you're not ovulating, you physically can't get pregnant. Um, the next one is bone health. Okay, so prolonged low levels of estrogen can lead to osteopenia and osteoporosis, which is like low bone mineral density. Um, and I'm actually a radiographer in the hospital and I have seen the impact of like how getting older and having a very low bone density can really impact you when it comes to like fractures. So you can um, fracture or break um, your le- like legs, your hips, your arms, like you literally can just fall um, out of nowhere. You Some people actually have such bad osteoporosis that they can be walking and their bone can snap. Um, and you're putting yourself at higher risk for having um, HA as well because it really impacts your bone health. It's not to scare you, I'm just like telling you all of these things. And um, the next thing that can be impacted is actually your hair, and I definitely experienced this. So um having low estrogen or sorry, estrogen. I'm <laughs> I can't say that word. Um low estrogen can impact your hair growth. So estrogen is basically there to help your hair grow, etc. But if you don't have enough then it will stop or slow down your hair growth and you can find that your hair is quite thin some people experience like actually their own hair falling out now not everyone experiences this but some people do um, and it's something that obviously as females we like our hair so we want to keep that <laughs> and the next thing it impacts is actually our state of mind like our mood and um, so one of our hormones is called leptin and it's like our hunger hormone or our en- energy balance hormone and whenever it's low which it does get in um, HA you actually see an increase in anxiety and depression so quite a lot of people who have HA can experience these things or if you already have them predisposed in your family they can be in like heightened I suppose and um, so it is something to bear in mind that um, the hormone off balance can lead to um worse or more severe I suppose anxiety and depression and um, but I hope that if you are going through anything like that that you um are speaking to somebody to get help the next thing is heart health so cardiovascular health um we basically need adequate levels again of estrogen in order to lower the risk of cardiovascular disease but um if we don't have enough estrogen to even give us ourselves a period how and under god are we going to lower the fact or the I suppose risk of having cardiovascular disease um the last one I think that's the last one I've written down sorry you might hear my pages flipping the last one is your sex drive um your libido whatever you want to call it um if you've got low estrogen once again you highly likely don't have a sex drive if you're actually in a romantic relationship you will feel this yourself like you probably won't know why but your your hormones will be up the left and if your estrogen is low you likely don't have that like drive to like rip your boyfriend's clothes off rip any boy's clothes off rip your own clothes off you're actually just kind of numb and that's how I would say I experienced like HJ um I definitely felt a bit numb I don't I can't even explain that like I was just so go 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 that I wasn't really sitting down to enjoy the little moments in my life or even notice I suppose that my sex drive was low and again I'm in a long-term relationship so I definitely found the impact of that as well so um everyone's different you mightn't find that happens but quite a few people have experienced that and if you're not in a relationship and potentially not sexually active quite often you mightn't even notice that that's happened to you but even if you're on a night out if you look the next time like are you mad to like you know go up and get a kiss off a boy or not you know all those little things really add up um as well okay now we're going on to how can we recover our periods oh my god guys this podcast is podcast i don't even know if i can call it that but this one is already 20 minutes long so i am sorry so if you remember the three pillars, so it was stress, um, your diet and then exercise, we essentially need to flip them on their heads and what caused us to get HA, we need to essentially undo every single element, I suppose, um, the other way around. So what, I suppose, what is that saying, you know, what, what kills you is the cure or something like that? I'm, I'm going to look that up, hang on. Okay, so I tried to look that up and it didn't come up, so I don't know if I've made that up, but if you know what I'm talking about, is it like what will kill you can cure you or something I don't know anyway um 
essentially we want to do the flip of that. So anyway, starting first of all, starting with food, okay? Um, essentially what we need to do to recover our periods, like I said, it does not matter what your body weight currently is, you need to eat more. Um, you might hear a ballpark point of 2,500 calories, but this is very generic. It is not specific. Some people will need to eat less. Some people will need to eat more than that. Some people will need to eat 2,500. Um, I suppose it depends where your starting point is, but in general, it's not specific. So by saying eating 2,500 um, calories will cure your period that's not the case okay everyone like I said is very very different but it is a ballpark point obviously for a general population and for people who are severely under eaten that's probably quite a high increase in their calories but again if you actually look up like the um, amount of calories that a woman like in reproductive age actually needs to eat the ballpark point anyway to just survive without doing any exercise etc is probably in and around 2500 calories so like I said for some people that will actually be quite low Um, what I would say is a better way to look at it is to eat every few hours so every two to three hours I would say like kind of like breakfast a snack lunch a snack dinner a snack so then you know you're eating every few hours um, and that just kind of alleviates I suppose any fatigue that you get when you start to think too much about food as well so if you can kind of follow that schedule and then also if there's anything you want to eat outside of that schedule absolutely go ham Um, I would say that's probably kind of a good routine to get into Um. Another thing is that you want to do is not um, do any type of fasting, okay? No fasting whatsoever, no eating your first meal after, you know, 1pm or whatever. We don't fast anymore because at night time, naturally, your cortisol levels will actually rise. So cortisol is the stress hormone, okay? Um, so when your cortisol naturally rises in the morning when we actually eat breakfast, it increases our blood sugar and then that counterbalances cortisol and cortisol lowers. But if we don't do that, then we wake up and um, obviously our cortisol levels are quite high. If we don't give ourselves any um, food, potentially we drink a coffee, which also increases our cortisol further. Then potentially we go and do a workout fasted, which again increases our cortisol levels further. And then potentially you even have a busy day at work. So then there's more stress, you know what I'm saying? Um, so what we wanna do is no fasting whatsoever. If you do choose to work out eat before you work out especially carbohydrates like even if it's a squares bar even if it's two rice cakes some peanut butter I don't care how early you're working out I would say definitely no fasted training whatsoever I personally will never fast again before I train um, and actually the research shows that although there was a massive thing in diet culture that like fasted um, workouts is better than not majority of the research is done on men and we're not men we're not mini men okay we're a lot more sensitive to these um, hormones than men are so um, it is not a good idea okay do not train fasted and the next thing that you want to look to do after you've kind of got into a pattern of eating more is to increase your fat intake because fats are essential for hormone production so things like avocado eggs olive oil and then obviously you've got other types of fats that would be in like, you know, um, processed foods as well. To be honest, I think you need to get rid of any food rules whatsoever and challenge them. But I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then the last, or not the last, sorry, I've got one more after that. The next one is carbohydrates. So you need to increase your carbohydrate intake. Carbohydrates are the main source of energy and they are essential. This was the one thing that I had to severely increase in my diet. And um, I know that a lot of people say like, you need to eat protein, you need to eat protein, you need to eat protein. I would say you only need to eat like the minimum amount of protein. Um, and then use the rest of your calories for carbs and um, fats. So that can look like, you know, butter on toast. It can look like having porridge with um, a big scoop of peanut butter or nut butter or like sprinkling some healthy um, seeds on there because they've got fats and carbs in them as well. Small things like that can really help you. Um, and then the last thing that I would say is coffee is not food and I think that a lot of people need to realize this I definitely went through a phase where I was doing the whole fasted thing I was you know pushing my calories back later in the day etc and um yeah obviously coffee increases your stress hormones so it increases your cortisol um, and if you're not eating in the morning for example like I said your cortisol levels are naturally higher so you're basically double loading yourself um and 
coffee obviously suppresses our hormone or our hunger hormones and that's why we're able to drink coffee and it makes us I suppose feel full but we're not full we don't have any energy in that coffee is obviously not giving you any like carbs or anything like that to give you energy so coffee is not a food okay remember coffee is not a food I would say to decrease um caffeine if you can um maximum I wouldn't have any caffeine after maybe like one or two o'clock um and you can swap it out for like things like decaf or whatever I am also gonna touch on food rules okay potentially if you're listening to this you might have some food rules um but you need to challenge them food rules again can be anything like you don't eat certain foods it can be that you're afraid of certain foods or that diet culture or instagram has told you that you shouldn't eat those things um even labeling things as good and bad is essentially having a food rule um small things like eating with a small spoon and not a larger spoon um you know not eating until a certain time or saying you can't eat your lunch until a certain time things like that I would say what you should do is potentially write them down like write them down on a list and then one by one you need to challenge them okay I'm not gonna say that HA recovery isn't fucking hard because it's genuinely probably the one of the hardest things I've ever went through in my entire life but what I would say is it is so worth it and you do have to challenge it like you know what does that say in that like uh, growth lies outside of your comfort comfort zone you have to challenge so many things and essentially unlearn what you've previously been doing to regain your period and it can be really hard but once you find the balance with your body again you genuinely will never disrespect it again it is so 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 worth it but I would say you know you have to have a lot of uncomfortable um I suppose talks and discussions with yourself and this is where things like journaling can come in and help and I will talk a little bit more about menstrual stress in a second but what you want to do is challenge those food rules and ask yourself why do you even have them like we all know that there's no good and there's no bad foods is there more nutrient dense foods than others absolutely and I like to say that there's food for the body and then there's food for the soul I now incorporate absolutely every type of food in my diet I don't eat meat at the minute but aside from that I incorporate every single food in the diet I don't see anything as bad or good anymore and genuinely having food freedom and like releasing that has brought me so much freedom in myself and also my body is like so much more thankful for it I don't have panics or anything when I go out for dinner with anybody else or anything but again I definitely had all of these things previously um, and I had to challenge a lot a lot of these things to come up against them anyway moving on the next thing to recover your period is mental stress so I spoke about mental stress cortisol levels upsetting your hormones etc but um I think this is one topic that is severely neglected whenever it comes to like talking about HA everyone thinks it's because you don't eat enough and because of um over exercising but actually mental stress can be even just the impactor in itself so I'm just going to explain a little bit about happen, what happens in our hypothalamus whenever we get stressed. So when we get stressed, our cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone, basically then suppresses the gonadotropin releasing hormone, which in turn, like I said, affects the release of S- FSH, why can't I say that, and LH, and then in turn, estrogen and progesterone are also impacted as well. Cortisol also binds to the molecules of progesterone, which means that the progesterone, if you think of biology, and um, like the lock and key, I suppose what it was called. Um, so that means that progesterone cannot like bind to itself and get into them because cortisol binds with them as well. So that's another thing that happens, but we don't really need to worry about that kind of thing anyway. I'm just explaining that a little bit. So basically what happens is when we're stressed, our brain knows that we're stressed, which also tells our body that we're stressed, which means that we don't ovulate and then we don't get a period. That's you know, science 101 for me as I flipped the page because I've made about a thousand notes. So I apologize for the length of this. Anyway, what can we do to reduce or I suppose fix this? We need to reduce stress, okay, in all areas of our life. And obviously easier said than done. Some people can't actually control all of the stress that they have, but you need to have techniques in place to be able to, I suppose, separate yourself from certain situations and draw boundaries. That is one of the biggest thing you need to start doing is drawing boundaries in your life. Again, easier said than done, but if it's like work that's too much for you, if it's certain relationships, certain friendships, whatever it is, you need to protect yourself and you need to start drawing boundaries. So that's one thing is boundaries need to come into play. 
meditation is absolutely amazing um breath work is absolutely incredible and it's um actually got loads of research about i suppose releasing certain energies in your body as well so it's something that you can look into journaling i found that one was for me the best thing in the entire world i literally wrote down everything i wrote down like why i wanted to recover i wrote down lots of journal prompts about recovery i wrote down mainly my why because I needed to continuously remind myself when I was struggling quite a lot I wrote down when I was struggling I wrote down like all the wins I had I wrote down any types of food challenges I was having every single thing like that journal was my best friend Um, and opening up and speaking to other people about it also really helped as well like when I actually made my family I suppose aware of it um, although my mum was very like I suppose nervous and stuff and she was like I think you just need medical attention I was like I'd actually no I don't Um, I know that I just need to heal my body and my own relationship myself um and then also like speaking to my family and just knowing that they're aware of it as well because I think sometimes if you are the kind of person who has a very controlled diet and exercise quite a lot exercises sorry quite a lot as well and you start to potentially not do those things sometimes your family can be like oh is she okay because she doesn't usually do that um or they might comment on you eating more or something and they don't mean it badly they might just be like you know concerned about you so keeping them in the loop about it as well can be super super helpful so that they can also help you um in this as well um the other thing that I would say is you just need to find like methods that fit you okay like everyone is super different I personally picked up a hobby um and I picked up actually more studying so that I could use that and it wasn't stressful like there was there was you know it was my own type of study um and I used the time that I would have previously went to the gym and um I had actually given up Gaelic football I gave it up because I knew that my body was like it was absolutely beaten with a bath um, and you, like I'm not saying again that you have to do things like that but I know like if you do play GAA the GAA season is coming to an end at the minute as of um, October which is when I'm recording this one and um, I would just say that it's obviously high intensity exercise so it's something to be aware of as well but I gave that up and in the time that I normally would go there I probably would have went to the gym if I didn't and um, so in place of that I put in hobbies so whether I met up with a friend or whether I you know did some other type of fun activity that I love to do um, or I like studied for my personal training exams at the time because I absolutely love that so I would say find what works for you everyone is different I can't sit here and tell you to do all of these things if all of them worked I definitely did try all of them um and I just found that that for me journaling and I suppose talking about it and being a bit more open with my family and friends and then also um finding things that I love and just finding my love of life again because like there is more to life than for me it was like the gym and being obsessed with my diet and stuff and be obsessed with being lean um but when I got there I obviously realized it was not fucking worth all the heartache that I put myself through but yeah I think I just found my spark for my um life again and also going through the entire process and challenging all the behaviors that I'd learned through diet culture was so healing for my relationship with my body and my relationship with my life in general so um I definitely think just find what works for you um the next thing is exercise okay this is probably everyone's least favorite one because if you are suffering from HA it could highly likely be because you are I'm gonna say addicted to exercise I would probably say I was addicted to exercise for sure um and then or potentially you're over exercising etc etc now people online you'll read this thing that's called the all-in method now if you want to go all in and you want to absolutely stop exercise altogether you want to just eat absolutely everything you want to gain 10 kilograms you don't care you just want your period back as quick as possible that probably will bring your period back as quick as possible but for me I didn't want to do that i obviously wanted to essentially minimize the amount of weight gain that I would experience even though I accepted um the amount of weight that I had to gain um or would gain I I didn't care how much it would be but I just wanted to like minimize the impact of that because I knew it would stress me out even more and then also when it comes to exercise I knew that if I had to stop exercising altogether then it would super super stress me out so I would say first of all what you need to do is reduce exercise so have a little look at like how much exercise you're currently doing previously I was training way too much like I was training like six days a week three of the days was like high intensity football the other days was like you know going to failure in the gym the other thing I was I was like you know my step count was like you know between 10,000 and like literally 20,000 a day I was cycling three days a week 30 kilometers I had all of these things going on and it happened within a very quick 
pace sorry space of time that I lost my period like from when I started doing all that to when I lost my period was probably only like two months so um mine was very very quick um and other people could potentially have experienced THA for months and months and months and months um but again everyone or even years um everyone is very very different so I would say look at the amount of exercise that you are currently doing and then reduce it ideally I would say you need to reduce it to like three days a week um but I'll touch on that in a second so what happens I'm always coming back sorry because I've got some notes but what happens during exercise so during exercise our cortisol levels increase um which again reduces FSH reduces LH and in turn estrogen and progesterone okay so again essentially the same thing happens with exercise with stress with under eating all of the things are happening you're increasing your cortisol levels and you're offsetting the rest of the hormones and then it's stressing you out too much so your period gets shut off again anyway bottom line is that it needs to be reduced um specifically hit style training high intensity interval training running is another one any type of bouncing about I would say anything that is making you bounce you're not supposed to be doing it it is in research now there's not very much research about HA but what research there is um is that the that type of exercise definitely triggers HA more potentially because it stresses your body out more to be totally honest I'm not going to get into anything like that there but just know that HIIT training running cardio whatever it is needs to be I would say stopped um and I'm just going to be brutally honest here um the other thing is what I did was trained maximum three times a week I did three full body resistance training workouts and I did not train to failure now a lot of people are like I don't want to you know reduce my training whatever whatever but at the end of the day if you don't want to do that then you don't want to have your period back you have to get uncomfortable you have to do things that you don't want to do and you can still go to the gym you can still have a really good session but it just can't be to failure now I'm not gonna lie anyone listening to this podcast unless you've been going to the gym or have a personal trainer pushing you it's highly unlikely anyway that you were training to failure and there's this thing called reps in reserve okay so essentially obviously reps and reserves means how many reps that you could do at the end of a set right so at the end of a supposed training to failure you would have no reps in reserve like if I was physically there screaming in your ear being like do one more rep you couldn't do it because you're training to failure right but there's this thing called like having four reps in reserve by the end of the exercise that you're doing the set that you're doing so say you're doing squats by the end of your 10th squat on your first set you're still able to do I suppose four reps at that specific weight um, and then that's your definition of four reps in reserve so I hope that makes sense so you can train like that you can train with four reps in reserve or you can say like I'm just not going to train to failure again if you do both of those things and reduce the amount of times you go into exercise that will really help you as well and I wouldn't get too bogged down about thinking about it if you don't even resistance train at the minute yourself and it's something that you just want to you know start potentially doing in place of exercise that you were previously doing so you want to weight train three times a week um at like I suppose not training to failure then you won't be training to failure anyway so you can absolutely do that and obviously resistance training is great for your cardiovascular health and it's great for your bone density as well so if you were to keep one thing up I would say it's that and yeah no training to failure or training to exhaustion or whatever you want to call it Um, other types of exercise that you can do is some yoga gentle yoga don't be throwing yourself into hot yoga if you've never done it before or anything like that I would say like definitely like slow flows I'm not a yogi I don't know the terminology but definitely you know just keep it nice yoga has really good mind to body connection as well it can actually be linked to improving your body image as well so I would say yoga is really good walking is great as well because actually walking is one of the only exercises that relaxes your parasympathetic nervous system um however what commonly happens is people start to compensate the exercise that they were doing um and actually turn it into walking and start walking more so you'll find that they pick up other things like really long walks or um you know hikes and stuff like that and ideally I would say whatever your step count is right now so if your step count is like and you're addicted to like your apple watch um and your step count's like 15,000 I would say bring it down to like maximum 10,000 a day again don't stress out if it goes over that but these are just like gauges that you want to kind of start doing and going for walks like I said is really good it can help you actually calm yourself down a lot but you don't want to compensate um, and start doing walks because you feel like you don't have anything else to do okay we don't want to do that we don't want to compensate for it I think that's the word I'm supposed to be using anyway um 
so again I actually mentioned this earlier but a fun fact about HA is the fact that um girls who have it usually have type A personalities meaning that they're very structured in their ways they like to do it their way they're constantly in the go on the go and quite commonly they don't really like flow like you you know they don't just like you know go with the flow definitely describes my personality 100% and describes my personality and I actually read that and I was like oh my god that makes so much sense and that's also why quite a lot of the people who get HA are like you know very over exercisers love to have like routine of exercise and diet and they're quite controlled on their diet because they like to control things so it makes quite a lot of sense and another thing is that obviously there's other things that can cause you know your loss of period and quite commonly it can be trauma um, and that could be you've experienced a death potentially quite close to you you've maybe went through a traumatic breakup you could potentially be going through bullying you could have had an accident there could be abuse going on you could feel quite isolated all of these things can also cause HA so I want to say that there's like a wide spectrum it's not just like the three pillars but I would say that the causes of trauma are probably causing one of the pillars as well you know like if you've had something traumatic going in your life you're highly likely to be very stressed out and in a chronic state of stress or you're very likely to turn to other things that you can control like your diet and like your exercise so I would say that they're definitely linked. Um, I'm going to talk now a little bit about the struggles of HA. So some of the things that you may come up against. And again, I want to say that this is not a very easy journey to go through. So if you do choose to go through it and you do accept that your period is very important. I actually kept this thing in my head and I just said to myself, at the start of last year, right, I went on this journey where I was like, I'm going to become the healthiest version of myself in the way of me doing that I actually lost my period and became the most unhealthy version of myself quite ironic right because too much of a good thing is actually not good for you and I learned that quite quickly but I constantly said and I constantly wrote down that I was not healthy unless I had a period and I I wasn't healthy unless I had my period so I kept that at the forefront of my brain whenever I was going through a lot of struggles with myself I was like Tara you're not healthy yet like you're not there yet you're working towards it and you you will thank yourself one day and now I can happily sit here and say that I definitely do thank myself for it but again not to say that I wasn't you know struggling quite a lot I was so some of the things that came up for me was body image I was definitely attached to being like a lean person I wanted to be super lean I kind of wanted to you know have abs you know just be really fit athletic um not even necessarily have like really you know really really like prominent abs or anything but I definitely wanted to be lean I quite struggled with the fact that that was going to be lost um and I suppose the attachment I had to my previous body as well I knew that I had to like leave her behind but again I just reminded myself that she actually wasn't healthy and what I was doing was a good thing for myself but again doesn't mean that it was easy things like your clothes as well I had to at one point I genuinely had one day and I'm not joking I still remember it to this day I went into my wardrobe and I did not fit into one pair of jeans not one pair of jeans did I fit into. I wore Lululemon leggings for, I'd say, a good solid 10 months. I didn't fit into any of my jeans. I actually was going to visit my friends in Liverpool and I was high-key traumatised because I didn't fit into any of my clothes. And I ended up having to go into H&M in central London. And I bought my first ever pair of jeans that were, I'm going to say, two sizes bigger than I would have normally bought. Um, but I went in there and I was super positive. I talked to my sister beforehand and she was like, look, girl, you're you're good. You know, at this stage, I had recovered my period. But again, it still wasn't easy because th- that's one thing I'll talk about after. But you have to, um, you know, keep the process up once you get your period back. But yeah, it was it was really hard and I really, really struggled with that. But I was open and honest and I just let myself feel the feelings. And then I was like, OK, Tara, you know, you've done a really good thing now, you've you've gained your period back and this is temporary and that's something I'd like to remind you of but it's definitely something I came up against. Social media, social media, I have a lot of feelings about social media. Obviously, if you're probably listening to this, you have found me through social media um, and I hope that I haven't been um, a cause to anything in your journey in a toxic way um, but if I am, I would say unfollow me and that is my ethos with anything. If I find anything triggers me anymore, even if it's like toxic productivity or whatever it is, I unfollow them because I'm like you know it's not their problem that they're doing this or sending out this content it's actually mine because they I can't control what they do and it's it's up to them whatever anyone can post whatever they want but 
what I'm doing with their content is not healthy for me and I can't blame them for that. I can only blame how I react to something. So I unfollowed a fuck lot of accounts. I unfollowed anything that was very lean, anyone who was calorie counting. I unfollowed anyone who did what I eat in a days, unless they were doing what I eat in a days for like, I suppose, period recovery. I, you know, I did a massive haul of all the people I idolized. And even like, you know, I suppose not athletes, but influencer um, athletes, I suppose, or fitfluencers, whatever you want to call them. I unfollowed all of them. Um, and it wasn't because of them. It was because of me. And it's because I didn't need to see that because it was contradicting my ultimate goal of health. And I suppose weight gain and period gain as well. Um, so I would say troll out your social media. Um, the other thing is obviously if you're the type of person who is an over-exerciser and an under-eater um, and you know you're quite controlled with what you're eating and you're quite controlled with your exercise and you know you, you're in habits I would say of that it's very hard to come out of habits but know that you've only learned those habits so once you accept them you can unlearn them and relearn new habits and once you lock down like a good routine with HA recovery, it's just a matter of consistency. It's the same way with like losing weight. The same principle applies. Once you, excuse me, once you find the tools to like, you know, um, I suppose lose weight and you get into a flow of losing weight, you don't have to do anything different. You just have to be consistent with it. So it's the same way with HA recovery. It's really hard at the start and then other things will come up, but it gets easier and then all you have to do is be patient and be consistent. But again, easier said than done. Um, I talked over there about the attachment that I had with my previous self and letting her go and the clothes as well. So those are the things that I definitely really struggled with. But again, look at me now. I overcame it. So if anything, I can be a little bit of hope for you. Um, other things that I found triggered me was my Apple Watch. I actually got rid of my Apple Watch and I only sold her a few months ago. Um, I got rid of it. I took it off my wrist. That bitch cost me like £500 and I probably only wore it for a few months. But I was addicted so I had to get rid of it. I got rid of it. Um, I had to go teetotal. I personally couldn't um, keep watching it because it was kind of triggering me when I seen that like my automatic self was like, you know, previously, if I didn't have 10,000 steps, I would have got up and went for a walk to go get them. Whereas I had to learn that, like, I didn't need to do that anymore. So personally, for me, I just got rid of the Apple Watch um, and weighing scales, got rid of weighing scales, did not weigh myself once. I did weigh myself, um, you know, like at the beginning of the journey. And then I think I weighed myself like when I had regained my period, but I was in a really good position with my body. So I like, you know, my mindset towards it. So I didn't care what the scales say. Um, and I don't even remember how much I, I gained. I didn't gain that much, to be honest. I actually gained more weight after my period came back than I did to get it back, if that makes sense. And then that ties me into the fact that, yeah, I would say that the work is not done when you get your period. You have to have had your period for a few months to know it's regular again, because people who, even now me, um, who have had their period before, or lost their period before, sorry, are more susceptible to losing their period again. And that's not ideal but it is true and yeah I think I had this thing in my head once I had like three consecutive periods um three to four I think it was that I was kind of you know I suppose the amber green light to be like okay you can you know exercise again a bit more but again I did not go back into the old habits that I had I made sure that like I was fueling myself adequately like I didn't go into a massive calorie deficit or anything like that there I would say I probably came back to what like my maintenance would have been um but I definitely gained more weight after I had gained my period back because I was like I want to keep this and I'm very very um you know adamant that I want to do that and then what I did after that was I went into like a growth phase in the gym so it coincided with eating more as well rather than you know going into a deficit which I also then did months and months and months and months and months later like nearly not yeah nearly a year after I lost it um, and probably about seven or eight months maybe after I regained it I went into a small fat loss phase very very small I didn't drop my calories below like 1800 for some people they might be like what but yeah I lost weight and I didn't even like drop them below that um, and I was very very cautious because at one point I did notice my period was like two days late now I was super stressed anyway but I was then like nope I'm out I bowed out of the calorie deficit and I was like it's just not worth it for me um, and I just know my body's boundaries now as well 
So I would say that I'm a prime example of, you know, you can regain it, you can gain weight, it doesn't matter, you can gain strength and then, you know, you can eventually go back into like, I suppose, a happy and healthy body that makes you happy and healthy. And I was happy and healthy when I gained the weight, but I know for my personal self that I just like like to be quite, you know, um, athletic, I like to lift quite a lot. I also like... um you know my body looking strong and healthy and I definitely don't have the mindset anymore that I want to be the smallest version of myself personally I'm like how can I get the strongest version of myself but again everyone's goal is are very different um I would say that it's uncomfortable but you need to remember that not having a period is not healthy and growth like I said lies outside of your comfort zone the next thing and the last thing I think I'm going to talk about is just your um sorry not your supplements I'm going to talk about supplements again I really apologize this this podcast is long and it is really I suppose chaotic but anyway I hope it's helpful for people um the next thing I'm going to talk about is supplements so there's a few supplements that you can take you might have read these online AOK nutrition on um, Instagram if not online she speaks about these um I would actually say that you can book in with AOK nutrition she is one person I definitely would go to now I would say I am very aware of my body so I wanted to do this myself but I definitely use the advice that she gave online and put that to practice if not I would say book in with her she can read your bloods and stuff for you as well and help you along with your period recovery as well anyway so one supplement that people talk about is magnesium magnesium is a supplement that can help with energy production levels um, and also can help with vitamin d I don't even know how to, I suppose, conversion. I think it's conversion. Um, vitamin D conversion. And then vitamin D as well is good for bone health. Anyway, even if you didn't have HA, vitamin D, especially in the winter months, is super good to take um, as a supplement as well. Again, these are all supplements. So they are only there to supplement your existing habits. So once you've got like the food lockdown, the reduction in exercise and managing your stress levels, then I would say you can start to introduce things like supplements okay um the next one is chaseberry it's also known as vitex or angus cactus it supports ovulation i took that again read into that as well and if you think you've got pcos do not take chaseberry the last one then is one called ashwagandha you um can get these also online or like in holland and bar or anything like that but read into them please read into them before you start taking them and saying tara gallagher told you to take them i did not i said that these are supplements that have been shown to help and you can read into them and make your own decision your own informed decision and but yeah ashwagandha helps support stress and anxiety and that recaps this episode I would like to say thank you very much for listening I hope this has helped you again I am very proud of you if you're even listening to this and you want to know a little bit more about HA or you're going through it I'm sorry if you are going through it it is a very tough thing to come to terms with and I don't think people who haven't had it understand it because like I said a lot of the people who experience it have type A personalities um but know that there is um light on the other side of the tunnel know that not having a period is not healthy and I'm not going to bullshit around the bush when it comes to that um I've talked about all of the implications that can come from not having a period um and ultimately we want to be the healthiest versions of ourselves and I suppose that's even why you're gonna um listen to this podcast today because it is super important for our health and to have that at the forefront and if there's anything I can do if you've got any questions you'd like to talk to me about or you know I can help you in any way obviously some of my gals listening to this will be actually getting coached with me to get their help um, just to be accountable and you know help them implement the small steps that I've spoken about on their HA journey they are doing absolutely incredible and I could not be prouder if it is something that you would want to consider um, no problem let me know message me and I'm more than happy to talk you through what I offer if not and you have any questions anyway again you know that I am an open book I'm very um, open to helping and talking about it um, and I've got an ear that needs not needs to listen but wants to listen and a mouth that loves to talk so um I am here if you need any help but thank you very much and I hope you have a lovely day